0: Welcome to the Maven's Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, listeners. I am super excited about today's guest. Her name is Karen Reed, and she is the CEO of Speaker Dynamics, a communications firm based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, Karen has made a career out of communicating through a camera. She's been an award-winning, Emmy-winning broadcast journalist, um, on-camera spokesperson, and an executive communications specialist. She also has a super cool new book coming out called Suddenly Virtual, which makes me want to sing it like, suddenly virtual, of course, uh, because you kind of have to. But anyway, uh, Karen is awesome. Had a great conversation with her, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hello everyone, here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. And today I have the amazing and wonderful Karen Reed on, who definitely brings a light to the world. And you have the coolest title ever uh, for her own company. She is CEO and Chief Confidence Creator for Speaker Dynamics. So welcome, Karen. Yay. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Heather. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So, talk let's talk about that wonderful title, chief okay. confidence creator. Yeah.
1: Well, really that is at the core of what we do at yeah. uh, our company Speaker Dynamics. So, mm-hmm. uh, my role and that of my team is to really just create confident communicators. And right. and that can typically be across any platform, but but more and more often it's mm-hmm. on camera. And gotcha. and I always think about how I work in an area that Two people that people hate, you know, two things that people hate: you know, <laughs> right. being on camera and public speaking. And, right. and so, the idea is, whenever we are working with with clients, we want to make sure that we give them the confidence to be as effective as they can be in whatever communication space they're in because everybody has a story to tell everybody has great ideas in their heads and it's our job to kind of bring it out of them so that it can go out into the world and and
0: enrich all of us yeah first of all I could listen to you for hours why yeah because you've got such a great voice and you're like (laughs) you know so it's like a newsflash to everybody haha I guess I did it that way but yeah you have a background uh, as we were just talking about before we got on the pod in journalism as well
1: That's correct. Yeah, I I began actually my senior year of college uh, at the CBS affiliate in Youngstown, Ohio, and I was the weekend reporter and weekend weather person, which is (laughs) ridiculous because (laughs) I knew nothing about weather at the time. I still know very little about weather, except for the way the winds go around the high and low pressure systems. Sure, but at the time, you could get away with it because you know there wasn't this emphasis as there should be on having. Uh, a degree in meteorology, so I became uh, really good friends with the people at the National Weather Service, okay, <laughs> and yeah. they would tell me what was going on. And you know, I was able to kind of have the gift for gab and impart the information that was critical. But you know, it, it was an interesting experience because at, at that level, you are everything. Sure. Uh, so oh, yeah. I was, you know, doing the weather, and I would be rebooting the the graphics machine by crawling under. <laughs> all of this equipment and pressing a button right? and then I would quickly go and try to edit uh, together video. And then I'd be writing. And then whenever I did move into a position where I was also anchoring at the same time, yeah. uh, I would sit down and I would run the teleprompter with oh my, my foot. No so <laughs> my first newscast, this is a true story. My first yep. newscast I ever did, um, the way it worked at that time is they would tape together the different um, Pages of the script and put it on this conveyor belt oh, that wow. kind of fed its way through, and somehow by magic, it appeared in the teleprompter in front of me. Wow. And so, as mentioned, I ran the teleprompter with my foot. It was a pedal. <laughs> and I began opening the newscast, first one ever, right? To press the, the the uh lever, and I saw out of the corner of the eye of my eye all of the pages basically go <gasps> and fall onto the floor. Oh no. And I thought, oh my, I'm in big trouble. And so I had to do the entire first block of news without a teleprompter and just used the the hard copy scripts that I brought with me that oh, I had wow. on the desk with me. Right. Uh, but what I didn't realize is the teleprompter uh, actually had a forward and a reverse. <laughs> and it
0: was okay. in reverse. Oh, <laughs> right. my goodness. So when
1: I depressed the pedal, it all just went to the floor. But you know, it was definitely trial wow. by fire. And, and I learned a lot. Uh, when sure. I graduated, I went full time. And then I was quickly uh, brought up to the NBC owned and operated station in Providence, Rhode Island. And that's where I spent the majority of my career. Uh, and, and got to interview people like Muhammad Ali. Wow. You know, that's where I won my Emmy on a documentary I mm-hmm. did on special needs adoption and uh, just had great experiences and, and, And loved being able to hear everybody's different stories. And and that's really where I found my joy.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, yes, she's Emmy winners, everybody. And an Edward R. Murrow Award as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's super cool. Um, yeah. yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah. But we were just talking about Jerry Palm, who's also on CBS as well. So shout yeah, out to Jerry. Yeah. So it was <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, so, you, so you've, you were a journalist and you were an anchor on air and doing all this great stuff. And you've been doing, you know, contributing correspondent work and then getting into more sort of the leadership and executive coaching. And, and how long have you had your business?
1: So I, I left TV news in 2004. Yeah. And I mean, okay. to be completely transparent, I had uh, two kids a year apart. And oh, wow. that was just very difficult to juggle with mm-hmm. the, the world of, of TV sure. news. It, it's mm-hmm. it's very challenging to, to spend time with family yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and not be interrupted right. constantly <laughs> because news yep. breaks and you have to go. Yep. So uh, I left having had a wonderful career on my own mm-hmm. terms and I started applying my skills in the corporate world okay. uh, where I was an on-camera spokesperson. Gotcha. And what I found, Heather, is that I would be brought in as the professional, but more and more right. often they would pull somebody in Uh, from the corner office to the corner cubicle and have them appear on camera Uh alongside of me and expect them to perform at the same level of skills. So I thought, hey, you know what? I think I can help people to do this better. Mm. And that was about a decade ago. So I created a methodology uh, based on the MVPs of on-camera success, which is the mental mindset, vocal variety, and physical factors. Uh, And I've been teaching that for a long time, mostly the executive level. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the COVID hit, the pandemic hit, and and suddenly I went from training the executive leadership team to Mm -hmm. training the entire Mm -hmm. enterprise (laughs) because everybody needed to be better on camera and know how to navigate all of these uh, virtual meetings that they were having where video was at at their core.
0: Mm, That's amazing. And yeah, it is you know working in and around microsoft like i have been and using different tools and you know teams versus sure. you know, zoom versus you know go to meeting and all of that stuff and everybody's got a different setup you know yes. i for i'm looking at you know a, a boom mic and a ring light and you know three screens and all of that kind of stuff and that's my work setup, you know, it also doubles as my podcast setup. I mean, for you, where are you right now? Like, is that is your sort home of home office? That's your home office. Okay. It is.
1: It is. But it, I mean, it's curated. <laughs> sure. Well, we're right, right. I could have complete chaos on either side sure. of the screen, yep. and you would yep. not know it. And that's what I try to tell people too. Yeah. You know, you do not have to have a Hollywood set designer come in and fix your space. Right. You know, basically, you want to have something that is uncluttered mm. and non-distracting. Yeah. Uh, right. So you can only uh, you you only show so much that uh, right. what the camera allows. So mm. I've got maybe what five feet behind me. That is yeah. is you know in that state right <laughs> but yep. if you can just carve out a little space in 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 your uh yeah in your home uh you can conduct yourself uh on these meetings in, in mm-hmm. a way that is going to still allow you to be uh, protecting your personal and corporate yeah. brand
0: absolutely and it's 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 sort of what works for different people right and for different situations right so for yes. something maybe uh, uh i'll use a technical term fancy pants <laughs> Like for something a little bit fancy pants, you know, maybe work like, so would I maybe be showing all of this? Maybe not. I would use a filter maybe, or I would maybe drop in something else, uh, like, a, like a a sheet, or I'd, I have a desk over here too, or maybe I'd change it, the angle kind of thing, right? It sort of depends on what you're doing in your audience, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the key thing is to match audience expectations. So the way you show up and that Mm -hmm. encompasses everything from your lighting, uh, your framing, your background, your audio depends upon who you're meeting with. So if if you're talking to your internal team, uh, Mm -hmm. that's a different expectation (laughs) than if you're meeting with an external stakeholder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, gosh, with all of this, I'm sure you have... uh, your business is probably your lots lots and lots and lots of people with all of the virtual with covid yeah
1: and well, well, it actually tripled uh, oh in goodness. March,
0: 2020.
1: Wow, <laughs> I bet. So it was like drinking from the fire hose mm-hmm. uh, and, and trying to figure out how to accommodate the demand. So it, yeah. it caused us to really think about, okay, how can we scale this and amplify the message? So we yeah. really took kind of two, well, really three paths. So uh, added some some more folks to my team, but mm. also uh, decided, okay, we need some sort of online training. So that we can have more people uh, be exposed to the content and figure out how to do uh, these virtual engagements better. Mm -hmm. So that is officially launching uh, March first. I'm so excited about it. I am really thrilled. It's multifaceted. I I feel like it's it's done at a pretty high quality that I'm really proud of. Uh, So that is the one route. So that allows us to say whenever a client says, "Hey, can you train eight thousand people?" We can Mm -hmm. say yes rather than starting to cross. (laughs) right
0: right. yeah
1: and the other other thing that we did was um we wrote a book so Mm -hmm. you know and and when i say we the co-author is uh dr joseph allen who is a thought leader in meeting science okay did you know there were meeting scientists maybe you. i did
0: not but that sounds very cool (laughs) so So, yeah, yeah it is wow
1: He's out of the University of Utah, and, and okay. he is a director of the Center for Meeting Effectiveness. Mm. Uh, so he comes at virtual meetings from a researcher science perspective. I come mm. at it from a video communication expert perspective. And, and right. we kind of brought those two different areas of expertise together to create data-based insights in yeah. real-world application.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the book is called Suddenly, I love the title, Suddenly Virtual.
1: Yes, because making remote meetings work.
0: There we uh, go. Okay. Yes,
1: and and so that is hopefully going to catch people's attention yeah. and allow them to you know just have some uh, kind of science based best practices yeah. that they can try. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a combination in of you know the theory, but there's a lot of practical tips and. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's really important because you just you, you kind of need a guidebook, <laughs> you know, whenever you're you're in this yeah. new modality. And and as we head into, you know, what happens next with hybrid right. meetings, there's mm-hmm. also going to be uh, just kind of this uh, you know clamoring for information on how to navigate it because this is going to be part of the corporate DNA from here yeah. on out. It's not yeah. like we're going to ever go back to a time where virtual meetings are a small percentage of of right. our life. Yep. They're still going to exist, uh, yeah. just by virtue of the fact that so many people are going to say, "Hey, this remote work is really working for me. I'd really like to continue it at least to some extent."
0: Yeah, uh, you absolutely. know, other folks will be
1: clamoring to get into the office, but but you have yeah. to have all those people be able to meet and, yeah. and talk to each other.
0: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. And I love it's and so creating confidence on camera communicators at every level of enterprise. I love yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. And I'm wondering, you know, I, we were, I was talking, I did a workplace culture talk for, um, one of my internal teams the other day and I was pulling from Microsoft did a bunch of research on work. Uh, it's like work trends index and looking at, you know, um, not only confidence, but thinking about like how you set meetings up and just the fact that we're fatigued as well right? Oh, yeah. Like all yeah. day long on a call. Like it was saying there was like 30 minutes in to is the slump time. Yeah. You know, Well,
1: and, and there's a lot of factors that play yeah. into, you know, what we've heard called mm. zoom fatigue. You know? right. and, and a lot of it is, I would say operator error. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Like we are, we are setting ourselves up for that uh, draining uh, mm. experience because, right. well, a couple of different reasons. First of all, people think, you know, you can just take the time that you would normally allot to an in-person meeting and transfer it into a virtual environment. Right. And it's not a one for one situation because mm. being in a virtual meeting requires a much higher level of energy and yeah. brain power. A uh, couple of reasons why it, it requires more of us to mm. decode a message, because if right. you have your video on. Yep. It's great you have some nonverbal cues that you can read, but mm. there are fewer of them. So we're right. we're constantly trying to read, you know, the mm-hmm. the data points, which are fewer than when we're in person. Right. Then also there's there's this whole idea of emotional labor, which um, Dr. Right. Allen talks about, where uh, you are uh, often doing something called surface acting, mm-hmm. where you have to almost. Um, always look like you are engaged uh, and present (laughs) uh, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And and that can be very draining on us. And so these virtual meetings uh, really require um, a high level of um, endurance. So as an organizer, it's really important that you recognize that Mm -hmm. and and schedule them accordingly. But you've probably experienced the back-to-back-to-back meeting day.
0: (laughs) Yep. I had one today. Uh, I mean, it's terrible. It's, it's most because, days, but. Right. And, yeah. and,
1: and a lot of that is due to just people constantly thinking, oh, let's just go on Teams. Let's just go on Zoom. You don't have to have a meeting for every single. Um, item that is on your agenda that day you know maybe it it suffices by sending an email or a text or doing a a quick phone call so I think people need to be more intentional about the kind of work that's being done Mm -hmm. in these meetings uh, so that you aren't forcing people to be you know in this space for eight hours a day if not longer
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I wondered it's like My energy, like I traveled a ton and spoke all over and and all of that. And I've always been very energetic. And then I was sort of feeling like, I don't know, maybe it was August or September. And I was like, man, wow, this is, I'm, I'm start at seven and I don't stop until seven and it's back Mm -hmm. to back, no breaks, you know, and I'm always like, sorry, got to take a bio break or like, I just need to go get some water. I need to go like step outside for a second or whatever, because it's. It's one of those where I am more productive, but also you need the brain time to be creative too, right? For if I'm sure. trying to be strategic and write and lead a team, right? when am I supposed to do that? Exactly. You've no <laughs> time to actually get the real work done, right? You know, right.
1: So, so there's that issue. There's also the, a matter of just being able to task switch in your in your yeah, head right. you know debrief in your own mind on what just happened in the the previous mm-hmm. meeting and then prepare for the next meeting right, right. and that's a critical time and yeah. and part of the problem is we'll just kind of go with what the calendar calendar default gives right. us you know mm. you know it you know it's a, a an hour long chunk of time that just shows right. up on our calendar. Yep. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> if right. you think that the meeting's gonna take wait, 15 minutes, make it a 15 minute meeting mm-hmm. uh, and, and be really intentional about that. And what we're finding through our research is that yeah. uh, the most effective meetings are the ones mm-hmm. that are uh, shorter and more purpose-driven.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: Meaning rather than having an agenda that is 10 items long, you have an agenda right. that's two items long and you, you cover it and you get stuff done and you yep. have action items at the end and it's recorded and sent out to the masses. So everybody yep. knows what happened. Uh, and that is gonna ensure that you're gonna actually uh, have a virtual meeting that uh, is valuable. Yeah. It's also a matter of having the right number of people in the room because that mm. also occurs where, you know, oh, just you know, invite him or her along as well. And they don't necessarily have to be right. in that meeting. And mm. if you get too big in a meeting in a virtual space, it becomes unwieldy really quickly. Yeah. And so like the sweet spot for any meeting for decision making is between five to seven people. Hmm. Uh, and certainly in a virtual setting, that is about where I'd max out if you truly want right. to be able to have a dialogue.
0: Yeah. Oh, those are great tips. Yeah. The, we've been talking about meeting trickery, if you will, like no meeting Fridays, starting yes. on the 05, starting on if it's a half hour, starting on the 10, if it's because you can never catch up on the back end, it seems.
1: Right, and, and, and absolutely, and and what has also happened because we all are dispersed is you don't have those uh, quick, you know, stop in the office right. next door and just say, oh, hey, quickly, can you just you know confirm or deny this, whatever? Uh, mm. You can't do that right. as efficiently yes. when you're remote. So that's why you're creating. Oh, let's hop on a, on Zoom. Let's hop on Teams. Right. Uh, yeah. and then it just kind of fills up your space, uh, and. It you can get to the end of the week and you're like oh my gosh I I just am completely tapped out and, yeah. and that's not good for anybody
0: <laughs> no no not at all um, I want to talk about I want to jump uh, backwards a little bit and and talk about origin story so okay. where where are you from and where did how did you get how did you get, how did this go for you? How did you get
1: there? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, we could go way back, but sure. I mean, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I okay, am yeah. a huge Pittsburgh sports fan. Ah, gotcha. uh, so we, we follow all the teams, even though we currently live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm. And, uh, and I think, you know, they always say the Steelers travel well. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly the case, you know, so we went to a Panthers game, uh, wearing our Steelers garb, uh, and, you know, we walked in and we were kind of sad because at the time there were more Steelers jerseys there than oh, wow. there were Panthers jerseys. Wow. I like, oh, this is kind of sad, uh, you know, but <laughs> it was pretty early on in the franchise career. And so I think right. it, it's probably evened out a little bit, but, sure. you know, so, so that is, uh, truly, you know, what I consider home, uh, yeah. and my, my husband's one of 10. So I think if you throw, throw um, a stick in any direction in Pittsburgh, you're going to hit one of his relatives. Uh, so so we go back fairly often. Right, right, right. Uh, and, you know, it, it was there that um, it was in seventh grade. I had to write an autobiography. Oh, what right. I, and, and the final chapter was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I said one of two things. I either wanted to be uh, on Broadway or okay. I wanted to be a news anchor. Oh, wow. But then I went to college and I was an accounting major.
0: What happened? But
1: but there's a reason for this. So I actually, I graduated high school in three years. And uh, my parents said, okay, you can go to one school. And that's the school where your sister is. Uh Because you're young going to college. We want to kind of have her keep an eye on you. And she was an accounting major. So I'm like, I guess I will major in accounting too. But it it took about one semester uh, for me to realize, oh my gosh, I hate this. (laughs) And I'm not good at it. So I quickly switched uh, right. into it, it. It was so if you look at my diploma, it says communications AUX because my school okay. at the time did not have a communications major. Oh. They allowed me to create my own curriculum. Oh, wow. Which became like a communications major. So it was a lot of lit classes, there's a lot of English. Sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, it worked. But because mm-hmm. my school was not, a journalism school it right. forced me to do a lot of uh, work outside mm-hmm. of college with with um, lots of you know silly jobs like um, I was the lifestyles editor at this bi-weekly newspaper, That's which true. was actually a great place uh, just to people watch. Right. And lots of of internships at various places. And it was that through that network that I was able to get that job my senior year of college and and just kind of let the career drag me. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's so awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I was a theater major back in the day. Oh, very Myself, nice. Yes. University of yeah. Washington. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Weren't you like a Tri-Sig? Yeah. I, yes, cat? absolutely. Yeah. So I was too. Oh, get out of town. But here's like a ridiculous thing. So uh, the score <laughs> was they uh, only had local sororities. Uh, so my local sorority, which was Tri-Sig, was sued by the national Tri-Sig <gasps> sorority. And we had to change our no name. Way. <laughs> so oh we went goodness. from being, it's t- totally true story. Went from wow. being Tri-Sig to Tri-Zeta.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which wow. was actually so three Z's flipped the yeah yeah right oh my gosh that's hilarious
1: and our colors were black and gold and I'm like we look like bumblebees
0: that's yeah. wow well, yeah you know so so my choice experience I went to a one-year college at Illinois State in normal Illinois and I was you know it's in the middle of a cornfield and so and it was very cold and all of that stuff so I was like I should pledge why not so I did but then it was the um, founding, I was a founding mother of that chapter of Epsilon Omicron. Uh, yeah. And then I transferred to the University of Washington.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's no trisigs there. Oh. So I was in it for like a blip.
1: <laughs> but so, you had an impact as a founding mother. Like, yes.
0: Okay. I was the parliamentarian, <laughs> so I wrote all the rules. So that was kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Like, yeah. I threw the parties too. So, you know, uh, parliamentarian good. party. So right, like, and right, so, very yeah. similar role. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. man! Well, it's so cool that 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 you know after all of your journalism and all that wonderful things that you did, and now you're helping coach people, um, and then coaching not just executives and stuff, but coaching everyone. Um, yeah. Is there is there something that is um, if I, if you're going to pick like a universal truth about this on camera stuff, right? Is there something that kind of comes up every time that? Is the, is the, you know?
1: Yes. I mean, there definitely is because it impacts everything that you do when you're speaking through a camera. Mm. So it's always an audience of one Mm. Uh, and, and understanding that is really critical because rather than you thinking about performing to a piece of glass, the camera is the conduit to your conversation partner. And so, if you stay in the conversation space, that's going to change how you communicate vocally. It's going to change how you communicate physically,
0: right. because
1: that's critical to also maintaining that authenticity
0: mm-hmm. and
1: authenticity is what works on camera.
0: Yeah.
1: Not perfection. And too many times people, <laughs> as soon as you have the camera involved, they think, oh, I'm performing and I want to try to, you know, be, you know, absolutely perfect. But the harder right. you try to be perfect, the more difficult it becomes. Yeah. And, and then you start uh, losing your genuine self. So if you can right. get out of your own head yeah. and just allow the camera to be the place where you pour. Your energy and focus, uh, and recognize that you're talking to a person that you can't see as well as you'd like to. Then you're going to come across great on camera, and it can
0: make all the difference. That's cool. I love that the communication. Yeah, I've never heard anybody put it that way. So look, yeah, of course you you're doing what you do. That's so great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, it's super cool, and you have a great blog too. Um, I was reading through that so great sort of snippets of how to's I really love it it's sort of I don't know with anything I I love the big ethereal kind of overarching you know conversations about wellness or uh, communication skills and all of that stuff but what I like about your your, the book and what you're giving really tactical and tangible things that people can do and that's I think that's what we need. You know what I mean. And, and it's not like you know, speak up and sit. It's it's no. Okay, put a squeaky thing next to the camera so you look at it. Or you know what I mean. Like right, right. Like I feel like you're really tactical.
1: Well, with what you do, I, I try yeah? to do that because mm-hmm. I you know, anytime doing training, I always think you know, it's it needs to be delivered efficiently yeah. and uh, be immediately applicable. Right. Because I, I think it'd be disastrous if they spent a couple hours with me and they're like, well, that really wasn't worth my time.
0: Yeah. That sure. would be.
1: Devastating,
0: right? <laughs> right, me. yeah.
1: Because yeah. I want to make sure that they feel like, yeah, this is time well spent. So I like to give people, you know, the theory behind it, but now I'm going to tell you how you can apply it, and it's something right. that you can do immediately uh, and have it make a difference right away. So, for example, I do a segment on elevating your personal production value, which means mm. like how you show up on webcam. And one of right. the great joys of, of my job is watching people. Change their shot in midstream <laughs> during the workshop, and the, and I've had crazy things happen where like we'll do a break and I'll come we'll come back all together and everybody turns their their camera back on and they're they're in different locations like completely right. different locations or oh they've changed goodness. their clothes yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you did that in like the ten minutes I gave you right. for a break so totally. And, and it just—it gives people that confidence that hey, you know, right. I got this. This, this yeah. is this is not—and I hate the cliche—but it's not brain surgery. It's just a matter of raising your awareness about what works and what mm. does not. Yeah, um, and you know, if you. Like some production value tips, I'm happy to convey them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because right. there there are four main um, areas that I would suggest that you focus on. You know, mm-hmm. the first one is your background. Right. We all, you know, we yeah, probably yeah, yeah. kind of alluded to that. Sure. uncluttered uh, yep. not revealing anything about yourself. You wouldn't want revealed in right. person, uh, yeah. and ensuring that you have a little bit of depth to the to your shop because what can right. happen is people will be like, okay, I'm going to sit in front of a blank wall right up against oh, it and yeah, they look that, like they're that, getting their their driver's right. license picture taken or something and and so what i counsel is to have a little bit of space between you and whatever is behind you to create right. some some depth, depth of field
0: yeah uh,
1: so background is really critical nothing distracting in the shot the second yep. one is lighting yeah and lighting makes a huge difference Absolutely. Uh, and you want to focus on lighting your face you know <laughs> you've got the ring light heather yep. you know i have kind of this smaller led panel that that can be dialed up and down yeah. based upon what mother nature is providing. Yeah, sure. Uh, and a lot of people don't recognize just how valuable that is. And the yeah. reason why is because as mentioned, you have fewer data points that you can convey through your body language. Mm-hmm. So you want to ensure whatever you can give them right. is easily readable. So yeah. if your face is in shadow, it's like forcing somebody to be on a phone call with you with a bad connection, right? You know, they're like, it's, it's, yeah, they're like, wait, I can't <laughs> really see. So you want to make sure you, that they can easily read your facial expressions so that they right. can determine the intent right. of your message. Like if you would do an eye roll, you want them to be able to see the <laughs> eye roll, right? You know. Uh, so the other thing to consider uh, would be the way you are framed. Um, so that's like how much of you they can see in the shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you're talking to somebody face to face, you're not going like this and looking up and down. Right, right, body. yeah, yeah. You're taking in the nonverbals from like this amount of space, which sure. is why I recommend you know framing yourself so that you're about mid chest up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a quick trick: if you take three fingers and stack them on top of your head, you want to have just about oh, that, that. space between oh, the top oh. of your head and the top oh, okay. of the screen. Because that way you're you're kind of like you're, you're dominating mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you want to make sure that your camera, if possible, can be at eye level, uh, because Mm -hmm. that allows you to be looking at them straight into the eye. A lot of people will use their laptop webcam and they'll keep it on a desk or on a table and they're looking down.
0: Yeah, you're looking down or you're getting all this. Right. Right. Exactly.
1: All (laughs) sorts of things that can happen. None of them are good. So you want to make sure that you elevate it if you're using a laptop webcam and put it on a stack of books. Or even get one of those you know laptop stands if you want yep. something that's a little bit more stable. Right. And the last thing I would mention is making sure that your audio is crisp and clear. Yeah. And the thing is when you're in this space, you've no idea how you sound to the people on the other side. right. <laughs> uh, but they certainly can tell if your audio is bad, mm. but they may not let you know. <laughs> So yeah, I always true. suggest hopping on a call with somebody who will be candid with you and let yeah. you know, if you sound like you're talking in a tin can yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and then, you
1: know, check out the different audio inputs you have some people mm-hmm. use like headsets are awesome there's always yep. you know a really crisp audio that comes from that you know i have a lavalier microphone which is relatively inexpensive i think it was like 20 bucks yeah. on amazon sure um and you know there are all sorts of different options that you can use don't just rely upon the building microphone in your laptop
0: yeah absolutely yeah and You know, it's like, it's funny, like trying to record a podcast, right? it was like, I used to do them more during the day before my new job. And now I do them, you know, at night and on the weekends and stuff. But I had to move it because the jackhammers. Oh, it was a, it was when I was doing recording, it was like I was like, really got y'all? Or it was like right. the garbage trucks or whatever. Right. And it's actually at night and on the weekends, it's a little bit better, to be honest, than yeah. it used to be during the day. And it's yeah. just random, you know. But
1: even those noise canceling headsets work really yes. well. So if you're yeah. on a work call, you know, that yeah. that is a great way to allow you to blot out the extraneous noise, but also stay focused on yeah. your call too.
0: Absolutely. Like these work great. But yeah, mm. it is it is interesting about setup for sure have you done um, any sort of uh, do you talk about get specific about tech in the books because because not only she has two books uh, by the way you know one is the newer one that we were talking about uh, earlier but um, that's that's really specific about you know suddenly virtual but you have the on-camera coach book as well so yes. will you talk about the difference and talk about the difference well
1: the on-camera, from- <laughs> on-camera coach was really focused at the time on helping people who were doing um, like de facto spokespeople. Ah, okay. Um, so it'd be like the um, executive who mm-hmm. is doing the all hands meeting message gotcha. via video that's going to be sent out right. across the globe sure. uh, so it was more geared towards on camera communication in a studio setting okay. uh, there was a chapter in there about mm-hmm. virtual video uh, communication it. Okay. but it was really focused more on on just uh, different kinds of on camera communication rather than you know the very narrow topic which right. is actually quite broad of yeah, <laughs> yeah, virtual yeah. communication sure. but but that's when I, I introduced the idea of the MVPs, uh, which is kind of the, the cornerstone of, of, of my curriculum, the mental yeah. mindset, vocal variety, and physical factors. Uh, and, you know, so they, they are complementary, uh, but slightly different yeah. different content. And you mentioned uh, technology. Mm-hmm. You know, I am not um, a tech expert by any stretch of the imagination, but, mm. like, I'm pretty good <laughs> platforms is what I would say and and I know enough of the tricks to help people out like so for Mm -hmm. example a lot of people hate watching themselves right. uh, whenever they are in a virtual meeting, and uh, I use Zoom a lot. I use Teams as well, but I, yeah. I use Zoom probably more often. Yeah. Uh, and one of the cool things about Zoom is that you can do hide self view. Ah,
0: yes. <laughs> so yeah. if
1: you want mm. to make yourself disappear, so you're not focused on on you know monitoring your own performance, right. click hide self view, and it takes you out of the equation.
0: Yeah, Be-
1: because like for the first time, we're seeing ourselves communicate. In real time. And that can Mm -hmm. be distracting and disconcerting.
0: Yeah. Like I've done webinars forever. So I'm fairly aware of what I look like on camera and stuff, but yeah, it's amazing to me how I know someone who, you know, was in four months in working from home and he, I was like, are you working on your, he he had a surface uh, laptop. And I was like, are you working on that every day? And he was like, yeah, at my living room table. And I was like, get a monitor. Like, (laughs) What are you doing? You know what exhausting. I mean? That's a small. Yeah. It's screen. like, and it's like this probably too. I was right. like, you gotta yeah. like work that out, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
1: and it, know? It, I mean, that makes it even more exhausting. So, mm-hmm. you know, giving yourself a bigger field of view is, yeah. is a great way to improve your experience. You know, one of the things I've seen leaders do in this space is they have standardized equipment mm, uh, and, right. you know, just said, okay, we are buying this yes. high quality yes. external webcam. We're buying mm-hmm. this headset or this mic. Right microphone and they send it out to everyone. And, and mm-hmm. that makes so much sense because yeah. then you have this kind of uniform way that your people are showing up. Right. And even though you might um, not have folks say, wow, we like this person because they show up really well when they're in a virtual meeting, they might not realize the impact it's having on them, but yeah. they do realize that, hey, it's actually really easy to talk with this person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it. Those little things make a huge difference, I think. So,
1: yeah, yeah yeah it's a, it's a level of professionalism that needs to ma- be maintained you yeah. know even in this virtual space yeah
0: even when there's dogs and kids running around sometimes right. with people yes. right you
1: know <laughs> yeah but i tell you Great things about you know all of this suddenly virtual, suddenly remote work is there is a lot of empathy that yeah. has been created as a result, mm-hmm. and I think it's fascinating how rather than just seeing our coworkers as their roles, yep. we're seeing them as whole people. Yeah, and and I'm sure there are a ton of researchers who are looking into this. You know, yeah, like the whole. Dynamic of, right. of a team relative to this, but I find it fascinating.
0: Yeah, you get the you get a bigger picture, maybe not the whole story, but more of the story for sure.
1: Or like part of the story that you're like, what?
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay, you exactly. Know, yeah, right? I was
1: actually I was working with a client uh, who had some. I thought it was her dog snoring at her feet, and it turned out it was her potbelly pig.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh wow, potbelly pig. pig. That's hilarious. Oh it's, my goodness. It's,
1: been, it's very interesting
0: to see uh, that's cool. know, some
1: of the, the situations that people find themselves
0: in because yeah. they
1: not plan on working from home, but they are now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. We all are going through that. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you my last question that I ask everybody. I could talk to you like for another three hours because <laughs> I, I know you're full of all the good tips and tricks, but you know what, everybody go check out the book. I appreciate and, it. Yeah. Oh, actually, before I do that, I want to ask you yes. one thing. So I love an online course. I do some of that stuff myself, um, what did, you, what did you use, if you don't mind sharing, for your course? Is it so, on a certain platform or where's it going? Uh,
1: it is on a platform called Talent, um, Talent LMS. Mm, okay. uh, and I'm working with a tech partner called NextLX, who mm. I think are phenomenal. Okay. So, what I love about them is they are uh, a combination of instructional designers, mm. behavioral scientists, and wow. screenwriters. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, the way the course works, you have uh, three things. You have lessons, which are often yep. delivered in video form. Mm. From me Uh, you have scenarios Mm. where they create like this story world and you see the 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 techniques applied in this you know real world situation Uh, you know like Mm. the one that I'm thinking about right now is poor Gary has to emcee a virtual event and he is just (laughs) terrible and so you you know goes back and forth with (laughs) these texts to his friends and you're his friend and you have to help him to get better so it's fun it's not cheesy and i'm just really happy with that and then the yeah. missions are the final component which are like real world where mm. you're you're told okay think about um an on-camera scenario that you have coming up in your life you know whether that's a virtual meeting virtual right. presentation uh and then you have to record yourself doing it and uh-huh. and you are given guidance on what to look for so okay i'm really happy with the course and thank you for for asking about yeah. that i
0: appreciate it yeah that's super cool i'm always interested i love what we use, you know, yeah. to do the stuff, to do our stuff with. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of backgrounds and stuff, I think that's kind of funny is that what I've noticed, especially in tech and a lot of other places, is that um, there seems to always be like a guitar in the background and a lot of people's <laughs> things, a lot of right? And I <laughs> that's always, so I, funny. and I had, an, I don't okay. have it in here, but I, in my other office before I moved, I had a guitar on the wall. Now yeah. I keep a guitar on a wall, not because I know how to play, but because I love and I have a lot of musicians in my life and I love it that they can take the guitar off the wall and play when they're at my house. I know that sounds random, but that's totally why. I did play in college a little bit, but it's just one of those things that I never kept up, but I have a beautiful guitar and I'm like, well, that should be. And it gets used a lot that's awesome pre-covid before we all couldn't see each other bush, right right, right. But, but that's the truth but i laugh and i'm always like i wonder if that person actually plays that guitar or not you know i
1: ask because actually yeah, I have i'm a son too. who is a really excellent guitarist <laughs> yeah. and i'm always like so what is that is that a gresh is right. that a gibson is that yeah, a thunder yeah. like i i really want to know and then yeah. i i tell the stories to my kids afterwards yeah yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's
0: really cool or they're that's like so mom funny. we don't really care yeah, whatever <laughs> they're teenagers yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. yeah yeah okay they don't care yeah oh that's so funny well, how awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited. It's this is super cool. And oh, it's been it's been so much fun, Heather. Thank I you. I love the brand. Yeah. So last question. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love um thinking about moments for that theater training, you know, moment to moment acting and stuff. But uh so moments in our lives and if you were would share with our audience uh, a spark, a moment that you can pinpoint that really seats you in who you are today, that you'd share with us.
1: I and I have one uh, that is from, gosh, way back. I don't even know how old I was, but I was actually visiting uh, my dad with my mm-hmm. I was with my mom and my sister, and we were going down to visit my dad at his um, big. You know, high rise in downtown Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, we were gonna ha- uh, have lunch with him, and he was introducing us to to folks uh, in his uh, office. And mm-hmm. he was you know pretty high up. He was in HR, and and you know it was exciting to see an office space like that. But mm-hmm. what I, I noticed was what happened afterwards. As we were leaving to go to lunch, there was a guy who was in the lobby who was polishing uh, the brass railing, mm-hmm. and my dad stopped and introduced us, and he knew that everything about this guy's life he knew about his family he knew about you know just his history and 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 he um was as proud to introduce us to the guy who was polishing the railings in the lobby as he was to introduce us to the ceo of his company and it stuck with me even at that young age that you know treat everybody the way you'd want to be treated. Uh, and you know, that, that I think really kind of carried me through uh, yeah. my life. I, I try to, to live that, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and, try to impart it to my, my children as well.
0: love that. That's super cool. Yeah. It's, it, it, I used to visit my dad at work. Um, he was a JC penny manager, uh, for 40 years. And there was a time when it was Mr. Cook, yeah. You know, like you yeah. know what I mean. It's sort of some of that stuff yeah. has gone away, and and yeah. but yeah, that was always something going and sitting in his office desk was a was a thing for me too yeah and I think yeah. it's
1: it's just it was a beautiful thing that I feel like both my parents have the ability to talk to anyone yeah <laughs> and 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 they treat everyone exactly the same yeah. you know no matter yeah. what their background is yeah. and and I think that that that's really a beautiful thing they're also both incredibly curious my dad has since passed away but my mom is an incredibly curious person yeah. and you know, she will know the life story of the person she got into the elevator with at floor <laughs> one by the time they get to floor four. And, and I think that's probably the reason why uh, I was a good reporter because yeah, yeah. I am curious about everybody. Right. Yep. So it, it all yeah. kind of, you know, blends into to who you are and, and yeah. where uh, you end up yep. um, in, for in sure. a, your professional life.
0: Yeah. Well, I was like, with some similarities in our background for sure. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think all that's podcasters cool. would be excellent totally. journalists Yeah, you know, yeah. like cause, you yeah. Know, and story tellers. Yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's a cool, very cool story. Curious, curious, and everybody has a story and we're all the same. So, Absolutely, that, that's so great. Well, cool. Well, Speaker Dynamics is your wonderful company, and uh, you—I'm sure you're all over social media with your company. Where can people find you on the Twitterverse?
1: Uh, it is also at Speaker Dynamics. I mean, we yeah. literally, like, if you go and if you do Speaker Dynamics under yeah. you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. LinkedIn is is mostly where we live. I would yeah. say because okay. it seems to be where. Where my people are. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I Absolutely. have the biggest following. But uh, you know, we we really kind of a, have blanketed everything and cool. um, we would love to have people follow us. And we do try yeah. to post a lot of content um relative to the virtual world yeah. in which we are all living right now, just to, to help people to to feel more comfortable, yeah uh, and and like empower them yeah. awesome. <laughs> with, with some real strategies.
0: Yeah, so super on point and of the now, as they say. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. thank you. You're welcome. Karen, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the pod today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, everyone, this is another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. Here is to another big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere. Thanks so much. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.